This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you may be watching for the first time today. On our telecast today, we're going to be talking about the home. Our theme is entitled, Getting It Right in the Home. If there was ever a time we needed to get it right, it's today. Stay tuned as we discuss it from a biblical perspective today. Now, on our telecast, we continue to offer the Bible Correspondence Course. May I emphasize this course is free, and in order that you might know more about the course and know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to begin reading at verse 22, and I'll read through verse 25. And this is about the relationship between a a husband and his wife. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for her. It was God who ordained this relationship in the beginning of time. When God saw that it was not good for the man that he had made to be alone without a companion, he created one for him. And when he was, the man was presented with a woman, he said, This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman, for she is taken out of man. But for this cause shall a man leave his father and, 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 be joined to, and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. God is the one who ordained this relationship. The home is in trouble in America today. We need to get it right in the home. And, and the first observation that I'd like for us to make that's based on the text here in Ephesians 5. Husbands need to get it right. Husbands need to get it right by loving their wives. As Paul said in verse 25, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And then he goes on that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now listen to verse 28, please. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. 
Husbands need to love their wives. And the kind of love that a husband should have for his wife is the type of love that Jesus had for the church. The husband is to assume leadership in the home. One of the greatest needs in the home today is male leadership. And in verses 22, the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, just like Christ is the head of the church. And so the wives are to be subject to their husbands in everything. He is to assume leadership. He is not to be some type of dictator in the home. He's not to rule as some kind of a lord in the home. But he is to lead and the home follows his leadership. The husband has a responsibility to provide for his family. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, Paul talks about provisions for family. And of course in the context there, he's talking about providing for widows in one's family. But the principle applies as it relates to a husband and his responsibility to his family, to his wife and children. He said, if a man will not provide for his own, he's denied the faith and he is worse than an infidel. A husband is to protect his wife. He is the provider and he is the protector of the home. According to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, he is to, to be considerate of his wife. He is also to put his wife first. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6, Jesus said, What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And when a man puts his wife first, he will never allow another woman to come between he and his wife. He will not, not allow anything to come between he and his wife because he puts her first in his life. A husband ought to be sweet and considerate of his wife. Over in Colossians, the third chapter, Paul is talking about the home, beginning about verse number 18. And he talks about the responsibility of a husband to a wife and a wife to a husband. Listen to what he says. Verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. So if you're not bitter, that means that you're going to be sweet. So husbands need to get it right. They need to love their wives. They need to assume leadership. You need to provide for your family. You need to protect your family. You need to be considerate, be understanding. And you need to put her first. You need to be sweet. And so wives also need to get it right. Not, not only does the husband need to get it right, the wife needs to get it right as well. In Titus chapter 2 and 4, the Bible says that wives are to love their own husbands. They're to love their husbands. They're to love their families. And she is to submit to her husband. Look there in Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I know that in our day, in the 21st century, that 
Submission to a man is distasteful to some women. But we're talking about doing it God's way and getting it right in the home. The wife is to be submissive to her husband as to the Lord. And the reason that we are submissive to the Lord is we love the Lord. And we want to follow His leadership. We want to be with, with the Lord with us and us with the Lord. And the wife is to submit to her husband. She is to be a keeper at home, Titus 2.5. Someone says, does that mean she should never work outside the home? No. I think there are, there are times, and especially in the days in which we live, there's sometimes out of necessity, economic necessity. A woman must work outside the home. But she is to be the keeper at home. One man described her as the queen of the family. And then she is to rear children. And, and the future of children depends largely upon the training they receive at their mother's knee. Fathers have a responsibility as well. One great man said, All that I am or can be I owe to my angel mother. She is to be industrious. She is to work hard. Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, in the 31st chapter of, of Proverbs, there is a description of a worthy woman. Uh, for example, in verses, beginning in verse 10, the question is asked, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. And then he says, The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. Now I want you to look how industrious this woman is in verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She brings fruit, food from afar. She rises while it is yet night, provides food for a household. Does that sound like a woman who is lazy? No, no. A good wife is an industrious woman and She's working outside the home if she is like the merchant ship bringing food from afar. And verse 27 says she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She is industrious. She also is to share her life with her husband. They're heirs together of the grace of life, 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. And a wife ought to maintain her femininity. A woman needs to be a woman. We need to get it right in the home. Husbands get it right. Wives get it right in the home. But we need children to get it right in the home as well. Well, what's their responsibility? Well, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, you just don't know the kind of parents that I have. They don't understand me. In all probability, they understand you more than you realize. Obey your parents. Don't disregard your parents' wishes. And then Paul goes on in verses 2 and 3 and he says, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. 
that, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Show honor and respect to your parents by obeying your parents. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. Honor your father and your mother. It's not very long when you're around a child until you learn whether or not that child has been taught respect at home. There are a lot of good children today. There are many, many young people today that show honor and respect to their parents. But there are those on the other hand who've never been taught and they show such disrespect to people in positions of authority. They show disrespect, for example, to teachers at school. They, they show disrespect to uh, law officers, to anyone in the position of authority. Children need to be taught at home. Children need to get it right at home, to obey your father and your mother. And never ever be ashamed of your parents. You say, well, Brother Lambert, you don't understand. My parents have embarrassed me. My parents have said things and done things that are embarrassing, embarrassing to me. But they are still your parents. Never be ashamed of them. And you need to help your parents. Do everything that you can to help them. I'm, maybe I'm speaking to some teenagers right now. I hope, that you're, I hope that you will listen. You need to help your mother. You say, well, what can I do to help my mother? What about making sure that your bedroom is straightened every morning before you leave to go to school or you go to work? Well, why not make life easier for your mother? See, see help her. Help your father. And also, you should never, ever neglect your parents. One day, they're going to be older. And they'll not be able to help themselves. And I have had my heart broken when I've seen people in their older years be neglected by their children. Maybe they leave them at, a, at, a, at some kind of a nursing facility and never go by to check on those parents, never go by to see what they need, and those parents feel so neglected. Never neglect your parents, and refuse, absolutely refuse, to be a prodigal son. In Luke 15, we read about a man who had two sons, and the younger said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me, and so he divided unto them his living. In not many days he took his journey into a far country and there he wasted his substance in, in riotous living. And when he had spent all, he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a certain citizen of that land and he sent him out into the field to feed the swine and he fain would have filled his belly with a, swine, with a husk of swine did he and no man gave unto him. And when he was there in the pig pen, he said... He came to himself and he said, What servant of my father's house has food enough and despair and I perish with hunger? 
That this will I do, I'll arise and I'll go to my Father and I'm going to tell my Father I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as a hired servant. So he went back home. When he was yet a great way off, the Father saw him and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And he said, this my son was lost, he's found, was dead and he is alive. But you know, the day that boy left home, he broke his father's heart. Refuse to be a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. Refuse. You know, parents need to get it right. Don't, don't, don't be a, the reason that your children become angry. Sometimes children act certain ways because they're angry with their father. They may be angry with their mother. Listen to Paul in verse number 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. I think there are a lot of ways that we can provoke our children to wrath or provoke them to anger. Discourage our children. Well, one of the ways that we can do that is expecting of them that which they cannot do. I think another way that we can do that is by showing partiality among the children. Do you have a favorite son or a favorite daughter above all the sons or all the daughters that you may have? You don't realize it, but deep down inside the other siblings are, are boiling because of the favoritism and partiality that's being shown. We, we can provoke children to anger by a discipline that is not done out of love. Do not provoke your children. But you need to bring them up in the Lord, in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Bring them up in the Lord and love them. In Titus 2 and 4, Christian women are told to love their children. And fathers are to love their children and to show they love their children. And more than that, we need to tell them so. I've had grown men say to me, I never heard my daddy tell me that he loved me. Have you told your children lately that you love them? I tell my children every time I see them. Every time I talk to them on the telephone, the last thing I let them hear is, I love you. I love you. Love your children. And discipline your children. There's a price to pay for a failure to exercise discipline in love. In 1 Samuel, the third chapter, in verse 13, Eli's sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. Isn't it not possible that if he had exercised proper discipline over his sons, that his sons may have turned out differently? Don't, don't neglect your children. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I don't want to make them do certain things. I don't want to make them go to church. I don't want to make them go to Sunday school. 
Now, I want you to think about that. Do you make them go to school? Oh, yes, I, I, I want them to be in school. Do you make them get up their lessons? Oh, yes, they have to get up their lessons for school. But you don't want to make them go to church. Somebody says, well, I, I don't want them to feel like they have to go. They don't have to go, they get to go. One thing that was never asked at our house when I was coming up as a child is are we going to Sunday school this morning? Are we going to worship today? I didn't have to ask that question. You know why? I already knew the answer. We were going. We were going. If our old car could get to town from out in the country where we would live, we were going. And I got to go. It was a privilege to go. To be able to go and to study the Bible and to worship the Lord. And we need to show our children the right, right way in life. And sometimes we may have to exercise a little discipline. If we're going to get it right in the home as parents, you've got to set the right example before those children. You, you cannot set the improper example and expect them to turn out right. Now, let me tell you the reason. Children are born imitators. And they're going to imitate what you do, right or wrong. If you set a good example before them, they're going to follow that example. And if you want your children to read the Bible, they need to know that you read the Bible. If you want your children to pray, they need to hear you pray. If you want your children to love Jesus, they've got to know that you love Jesus. If you want your children to be faithful in going to worship, they've got to know that you are faithful in going to worship. If you want your children to tell the truth, they've got to see that you tell the truth. If you want your children to be kind and considerate of other people, They've got to see that you are kind and that you are considerate of other people. Friends, I don't know of a way to overemphasize the importance of your setting a good example before your children. Because they, to a great extent, are going to become just exactly like father and mother. My son told me one day, he said, you know, Dad, the fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree. And I think that's exactly right. Our children are going to become, to a certain extent, just like the parents that raised them. So set a good example before them. If there's anyone who deserves a, a, a good example, it's our children. And then teach them to accept responsibility in life. So many children today have no concept of, of accepting responsibility. I think there may be several reasons for that, but I think one of the reasons is that they were never taught. Give them task in the home, not something that's unreasonable, not something that they're not capable of doing, but give them a task that teaches them responsibility. I've tried to instill within my children a work ethic. And I don't know whether it was my teaching or not that did it, but they've all always had a good work ethic. Teach them to accept responsibility for their actions. And so children need to get it right 
in the home. Parents need to get it right in the home. Wives need to get it right in the home. Husbands need to get it right in the home. And so long as we have homes where women are and children stay, so so long as we have homes where men return at close of day, if love and loyalty and faith abide across those seals, a stricken nation can recover from its gravest ills. If we want our nation to be strong, our homes must be strong. If we want the church to be strong, the home must be strong. If we want the community to be strong, the home must be strong. And if there ever a time we need to get it right, the home is today. You don't have it right in the home until you make your home a Christian home. And I'd urge you to consider making your home a Christian home today. In order to do that, you must accept Jesus Christ as being the only hope of your salvation. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. And Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life must be believed. He said, unless you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins, John 8, 24. You must be willing to repent of your sins. In Acts the third chapter in verse 19, Peter said, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. There's no blotting out of sin without repentance. You cannot eliminate that and expect your sins to be blotted out. You must be willing to get out of the deliberate sinning business in your life. Repent of your sins. And then you as a penitent, confessing believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. It was a day of Pentecost when the people asked, What shall we do? And Peter answered, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Would you do that today as a believer in Christ, as you penitent believer? Would you allow some servant of God to baptize you into Christ? Oh, what a wonderful day that's going to be. The day you make your home, Christian home. That's the way you get it right in the home. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. Being at Faulkner is like being a part of a big family. I feel safe here. It seems like I know everybody, and even my professors know me by name. My faith in Christ has grown a lot since coming to Faulkner, especially working with this outstanding Bible department and seeing the general Christian lives of all the professors on campus. Faulkner University is a growing, academically strong institution where Christ is the center of everything we do. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.